Hi, everyone. This is your Cyber Path, the podcast that helps you get your dream cybersecurity job. I'm Kip Boyle, and I'm an experienced hiring manager of cybersecurity professionals. If you want to give me feedback on the show, if you want me to answer your question on a future episode, please visit the show page. You can find it at anchor.fm forward slash your cyber path. When you get there, you're going to see the message button. Click on that and start talking. I am super excited to introduce my special guest. So like me, he's an experienced hiring manager of cybersecurity professionals. His name's Wes, and I think you're going to learn a lot from him. Hey, Wes, welcome to the show. Hey, Kip. It's great to be here. Thanks for having me on today. Oh, man. Fantastic to have you here. I got to tell you, um, this is like episode 17 or something like that, and <clears throat> I was getting really lonely. <laughs> Being the only guy talking, yep, yep. you know, because I'm on another another podcast and I have a co-host and I've had one. Uh, Jake's been co-hosting with me from from the first episode, so this was really weird and and uh, and quite relieving uh, to have you uh, here. And so, yeah, so tell us, um, tell tell the audience who you are and um, and, you and why you're here. You bet. So it's great to be here. My name's Wes. I uh, I found my path into technology. Uh, from an AT&T wireless call center up in, in Bothell, Washington. I wanted to solve a thousand problems at a time, not just one problem at a time. And uh, uh, while in IT, I would run towards the biggest problem. Mm. Uh, the biggest challenge we had at the time was our single sign-on. Uh, we had uh, a single sign-on product where the front door was down, but the applications were up. And the applications were taking operational hits against their availability. Okay. Even though the the front door it was a front door problem and not not their actual application. Okay, so when you started, you weren't even in cybersecurity, information security, or any of that in the beginning, right? I started as a call center rep, moved okay. into IT doing IT operations, right? Business analyst, functional analyst, tech writer. I wrote some code. I found I was best at organizing people and stepped into a project management role. Uh, uh, in project management, I, I ran towards the biggest problem, and the single sign-on uh, called me. Right. That was during the time that uh, that was 2002. That's when uh, Enron happened and MCI WorldCom happened. And oh. and with that, Sarbanes-Oxley happened. And right. so uh, Sox, Sarbanes-Oxley is SOX. SOX is all about least privilege access or LPA and segregation of duties, SOD. At that time, I was I was newly christened a what's that security professional. Right. If uh -huh. if you're doing single sign on and SOX happens, you are now security. <laughs> so that's how you that was your path into a cybersecurity career fascinating and, and and it really was all about understanding my business right because what qualified me as an it professional was understanding the business processes of a call center rep and being able to tie what we're doing on the front end to what's happening on the back end yeah great since then i've worked in a in a couple security groups at microsoft and nordstrom and pricewaterhousecooper and a couple others uh, lots of clients in the region. Um, I've had management responsibilities for most of the last 10 years. Uh, I've probably hired 100 people in that time, uh, contract or FTE or something. Mm -hmm. And so uh, really looking forward to our conversations today. I think there's a lot to be lot to be said. Yeah, that's great. And by the way, everybody, I think you know that I live in the Seattle area. So does Wes, which is fantastic to, um, you know, for us to be so geographically close together. Hopefully when the COVID uh 19, uh, you know, thing, uh, <laughs> you know, goes away. Uh, Wes and I will be able to meet up for some beers and do some episode planning. So I'm looking forward to that. <laughs> um, 
okay, so um, let's let's talk about um, the episode today. Um, what I would what I'd like to do, and the reason why I asked Wes to join is because I want to talk about I want to talk about what is it like to be a hiring manager, and I want the people in the audience to to better understand, you know, what is the work of a hiring manager. Um, and particularly, how do you find strong candidates to interview? Because that is uh, kind of the behind the curtains um, problem that we face. The other side of that curtain is I want a job, right? And and I'm trying to figure out how to get the, my resume into the hands of of the hiring manager, right? And so it, I just I've always found it interesting that our side of that curtain is so very different from the side of the job hunter, and and I always think of job hunting as like a uh, uh, trying to start a serious relationship, um, but the hiring process is highly regulated, so it's not a free for all kind of a situation, right? Um, and as a hiring manager, we we need to be well trained. We need to stay within legal, ethical boundaries. Um, we're not, you know, illegally discriminating. We're not advocating that. But but you know, Wes and I are are going to explore right the the themes. I hire for a small company these days. Wes hires for a large company these days. And uh, so today, what I want to talk about is I would resume. interject. I'm sorry to interrupt. I'll, I would interject that. Uh, the market has, for the last four years, been one of, of uh, especially in the security space, a shortage of security workers and 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 security managers who are complaining. I need to. Uh, I don't. I can't pay enough to attract the kind of talent that I want. I need to. I need more money in order to to attract talent. And mm. I, I've got to say that I've never had that problem. Right. If you can create the kind of atmosphere and environment that the uh, uh, that that skilled professionals want to be a part of, then it's not a problem. And so I do a very transparent hiring process, right? One of, of come in and see a team meeting and see how we treat one another and how our customers treat us. I, I invite you to an interview with only my customers and none of my team or my staff are in that conversation at all because you can go find out what they really think about us. And we're not, we're not even a part of that conversation. So we can talk about transparent hiring processes another day. Today, I think we're talking about uh, the resume process and how we get there. Yeah. Yeah, I know yeah, that the, right. the market has shifted quite a bit in the last couple of months with this COVID, where uh, now there are plenty of staff available and we have an opportunity to to find that right match and really step into these roles that are opening up. Yeah, so let's talk about uh, let's talk about this, and particularly the resume. And I think in future episodes, it's just going to be fascinating to be able to bring other um, other things that you're seeing and that I'm seeing. So, um, okay, so from your point of view, Wes, what's the purpose of a resume? Like, how should how should our audience members be thinking about resumes? I want to start by saying that hiring is the most strategic thing a management team can do. It is. I'm convinced that that taking the time to hire great people makes my job easier. <laughs> yeah. It makes my team sure. better and improves everybody around us, right? Uh, mm -hmm. We can level up. We can, when you're hiring great people, uh, it makes everybody better with the energy and the enthusiasm that comes with it. Definitely. Yeah. So, and the hiring manager is the gatekeeper, right? Of who gets on the team. Uh, that it That is the, the objective. Yes. Um, <laughs> what's the purpose of the resume? Uh, Resume's got a couple of purposes, but uh, it's a very limited scope purpose. So let's understand that before we go into how to craft a resume. Okay. No resume has ever gotten anyone a job, period. That, 
That that almost seems like a uh, a heretical thing to say. <laughs> but it's absolutely true. The resume's job is is to kick the door in for you so that mm-hmm. you can have a conversation and you can win win your your hearers. But it it does not get persons jobs ever. It's possible to get a job without a resume actually. Right? Uh if you have a strong reputation and and relationships, it's possible to get one without a resume. So it you're trying to accomplish four things when you when you put your resume in front of someone, right? First is you want to get through the artificial intelligence word search tools that 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 choose who goes forward, right? Yeah, the applicant tracking system, right? Yeah. And then the, the second is you want to get invited to the conversation with the recruiter. Uh, the third would be to get invited to the conversation with the manager. And then... Uh, Use it as a springboard into the conversation, right? It's going to be a conversation starter for you in those conversations. So a conversation with the recruiter and a, and a conversation with the hiring manager, right? And that's it. It stops there. That's okay. all that... it does. After that, it becomes an audit mechanism to make sure that you told me the truth when I'm when I've made a hiring decision and I have to do a validation check on those on those uh, career statements. Oh, how interesting. Another thing that happens that people uh, hunting for cybersecurity jobs probably don't think about, you know, is that is that audit. And, you know, the point that you made a moment ago about uh, it's possible to get a job without a resume. Boy, I, I sure know that. And I've been very fortunate that I've actually been able to do that. And um, and I remember distinctly one time being offered a job and then having the hiring manager say to me, oh, by the way, send me your resume. I need one for the file. Mm-hmm. You know, and it's like it almost didn't matter what was on the resume. He just needed one for the file. Well, and it better be truth that is on that resume. Truth is the only thing that matters there. But we can we can go into that in a minute. That's a good um, point. In the meantime, uh, well, actually, that leads into the four things that uh, you want to keep in mind if you're going to write an efficient resume. Yeah, yeah. Let's get into that. Tell us. Uh, which factual. Real audits happen, not just the interview check, not not just when the interviewer looks across the table and says, I see this bullet here. What does that really mean to me? Mm-hmm. Um, but but there's a real audit that happens when when hiring that says, well, did this person work for you from this date to this date doing this function? Uh, if if the candidate has found a creative way to to uh, say things, shall we say, uh, <laughs> it can cost him a big opportunity. Have you have you actually seen that? Has that happened to you? No, not to me. I have seen okay, it happen to others. Has it happened to a to a candidate, somebody that you were considering? Not to my candidates. No, I've seen it happen have to peers. It? Yes, yes, to peers. That just sounds like uh, a terrible situation for everybody, right? So the the job the truth. doesn't get a job. The the hiring manager has poured tons of time and energy. Mm-hmm. Right into into it, and now can't offer the job, or has to always tell has the to truth. Retract the offer. Horrible. And one of the best ways to tell the truth is to make sure that if you're using a resume writing service, that that writing service, uh, you're editing and auditing that writing service's result for your resume because you're still the one speaking. No matter mm. what someone else says about you, that's you delivering your document to to someone. So yeah, uh, it better be accurate, right, to what you would say. I've used a, I've used resume writing service one time. It was a long time ago, but um, I felt so squirmy when I got it back because, um, you know, they were trying to position me as a really great candidate, and they said things that made me kind of go, "I don't think I ever would have written that." 
you know, and and that's something that uh, we have to come to terms with as we as we move forward. We've got a very international audience, and having a resume writing service is a reasonable path for how do I communicate effectively in a language and a culture. And I'm going to say even the culture of of Midwest America versus the culture of of West Coast America is very different. And so hiring a local resume writing service for the area you're trying to get work in is a very reasonable thing to do. But understand, you're still accountable for what you've said in there. Right, right. Okay. Another thing I would add is don't get lost in telling stories about last year or yesteryear, right? Don't tell me stories about when you were uh, 17 and working as a as a box boy. Um, it's time to uh, time to tell the stories that are relevant to the role that you're you're looking at. Okay. Um, and buzzword bingo doesn't help you, right? I I only have the tolerance for reading for so long, and so if you've got a lot of big words that that are floofy, they're probably yeah. not going to get you where you want to be. So um, this is great advice. Um, and I can only imagine you sitting uh, at your desk with a pile of resumes, right? And they're probably not printed out, but um, for whatever reason, like I can just imagine like a big stack of, of papers in front of you and you're just going through them, right? One after the next, one after the next, because you probably get way more resumes to screen than, than you can hire. I mean, right? So, I mean, what's it like for you? I'm about a five to one. Uh, I'm sorry. Uh, once you get to interview, I'm about a five to one interview to hire. Uh, so I'm a I'm a tough manager for for hiring. Uh, but uh, yeah, I probably look at 100 in order to get get to five resumes uh, conversations to get to one hire. OK, OK. So um, so here you are, you're sitting there, you're screening resumes. You're looking for a good resume, right? Because a good resume probably means a good candidate, right? Somebody you want to talk to. So what are you looking for? The summary, I'm going to give you a couple items here. That that summary is probably the first thing. Uh, the summary at the top of the resume that says my name is and I am and this is uh, what I'm looking for, mm-hmm. it needs to be thoughtful. It needs to be efficient. It tells me how you're going to communicate to an executive if you're working for me. Mm-hmm. right? That's your executive summary. And if you can write to an executive that summary, then I know you're going to be okay talking to my boss when you come into the office. Ah, okay. So, so in other words, um, the person writing the resume is already preparing a work product for you. And that's really true. That's really true. That executive summary is a work product of how you're going to talk to my boss. Then I'm going to look at your skills section and the skills need to be organized and prioritized, but by what you're selling to me, uh, this is what you're bringing to the table and telling me, I think I understand this job. And these are the skills I think you're looking for. And I want to highlight them in priority order, not just in throw against a wall order. And this is going to tell me that you understand my job and the skills that are going to be needed to do this job. You know, there was one word that you said that really stuck out to me, um, selling, right? That, That a candidate is selling themselves to the hiring manager. And I think that most of the people who work in cybersecurity would probably say, <clears throat> like, I don't do that. Like, I don't sell, right? That selling is repellent or, <laughs> or you know, they imagine a used car salesman or something like that. And they're like, God, I don't, I don't want to be like that. Um, so what a paradox. And that's a very difficult thing to navigate because you do. You want to highlight the things that, that you're bringing to the table that are valuable. 
you don't want to pretend or make anything fake about it. And right. you want to practice the humility that is so valuable in these roles, right? If I can't bring humility to the table, am I, am I really bringing anything else? Is, yeah. is probably a big question. And so you're right to call out, is it selling? No, but sometimes I have to convince myself it's selling in order to highlight the things that I wouldn't normally talk about myself about. Yeah. Well, I, you know, Daniel Pink has a great book um, and he talks about how everybody is in sales. You know, like if if you're married or if you have a significant other, like at some point you convinced somebody else <laughs> to be in a relationship with you. And guess what? I mean, that's kind of like selling. And when I think about going to get a job, I'm thinking about I want to create a relationship with an employer, with a hiring manager. Um, and so it actually has been pretty useful for me to think about um, the whole thing as a relationship rather than, you know, selling a car or something like True. that. And it's so, your brand, right? Your brand is going to be known. You're going to work in this industry, in this market for the next 20, 30, 40 years. And when you do, uh, people are going to know you by how you treated them and how you knew your topics and and really your reputation and your brand that you bring to the table. Right. Okay. So on the resume, what about, um, now I've got a work history. What mm -hmm. are you looking for there? So that's a good question. That work history better have short descriptions, action verbs, Subjects in the first five words. Uh, can you glean the important topics effectively? I would almost say for that section, it's worth having your mom read it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean that for real, right? If your mom can't understand in the first five words of that sentence, the action and the topic that we're talking about, mm -hmm. then you didn't write that sentence effectively. Mm. Um, if you're starting with ING words, you're, you're probably not not conjugating your verbs correctly, right? Oh, so uh, like planning or that sort of thing, right? Correct. Um, unless it's the current job that you're actually in and you're you're actively doing it now, it needs yeah. to be a past tense verb. It needs to have a subject involved in it in the first five words, and it needs to be specific and clear uh, so that I can understand both your role in the function and uh, what the delivery was, right? Why that benefited the company. Okay. So, um, okay, and I think this is a great sort of summary of what you're looking for in the resume. And, um, and I think we could go much deeper, right, into these topics. And I, and I would love to do that in future podcast episodes, um, if you'd like. Um, but um, yeah, let's, let's talk a little bit more about, about the hiring process for you as a hiring. Sure, manager. sure. So the hardest part for me is sitting to read resume after resume after resume. It's it's a monotonous grind. It's rough. Uh, and it's not nearly as much fun as doing the job of security. So I'm I'm looking for you to help me help you, right? I actually Kinda want to hire you. <laughs> I want to hire you, right? This is, uh, my life is better when I can get that hiring done, get that person in here and get them contributing. Yeah, you know, whenever I get into a situation where I, I'm saying to myself, okay, I have to hire somebody. I have I have two feelings at the same time. Uh, I'm excited because I'm like, wow, this is really cool. I'm going to bring somebody onto the team. We're going to get more done. We're going to serve more customers. But then at the same time, I also kind of groan inwardly because it is not easy to to do it. And uh, it's going to be a ton of work. It's going to be really distracting from the things that I'm used to doing every day. You know, like an hour, um, you know, grinding through the pile of 
of resumes is an hour I cannot spend coaching somebody on my team or having a valuable conversation with a customer. Um, so I, I feel conflicted. And that's, that's one of the things, uh, that's one of the things about the hiring process that, um, uh, that I struggle with. So I see some people go through resumes at 30 seconds a resume. I'm not mm. sure I can quite do 30 seconds a resume. I'm pretty sure it's not because they're speed readers. And, and I think an important question to ask is how will I be represented in that 30 seconds? Right. So if I'm seeking a job, hunting for a job, mm-hmm. that's what I've got to keep in my mind, right? Is that I might have 30 seconds of attention from the hiring manager on my resume. And that's 30 seconds after I run the applicant tracking uh, system gauntlet, right? True. So you've survived applicant tracking. Now you're in the 30 second window of test. And if you pass the 30 second window of test, you get to continue to two minutes. At the end of two minutes, I'm going to decide to bring you in for a phone call or not. Wow. And, and so you've got that first 30 seconds of catch me, another two minutes of keep me, and then I'm going to make the phone call. Okay. So everybody in the audience, you know, <laughs> hang on to that. That's really, uh, really important. And I think it really puts a sharp point on the need to be uh, really excellent in your written communication skills. So, um, And something I would call out is that executive summary needs to be very specific and purposeful, right? And we can talk about what goes into that at some point if you like. The, uh, the next thing is the bullets for each job need to be specific and purposeful. If you're going to give me a six-page resume, I can't get through all that. Mm. As a candidate, I need the candidate to filter their resume to the salient, valuable points and deliver me a, a one to two page, two and a half page tops resume of uh, two and a half pages for 20 years, right? Of the salient valuable points from each of their specific roles that filters it for me. Otherwise, I'm going to have to filter it for them and they may not like what I filter. So if a person doesn't consider themselves to be an excellent writer, right? And they say, and they're saying, well, I, you know, I'm a pen tester or, um, you know, whatever, you know, whatever their skill set, their specialty is, right? And they may say to themselves, like, you know, writing a resume is such a chore. And, uh, and now I'm listening to Kip and Wes talk about, you know, how great it has to be. And I'm just, you know, inwardly groaning myself right now because, you know, this isn't what I do. Then I suppose that's a great uh, use case for, you know, for you to get some help. And use the resume writing services. Uh, just for the record, I don't think you're recommending or referring any resume writing service specifically. Is that right, Kip? No, I'm not. We are just neutral dudes talking about hiring. So uh, <laughs> yeah, and, and trying to yeah. figure out like if you're you're a person who is trying to get in front of a hiring manager, and that and what we're saying to you is your writing has to be amazing to do that. Like that's a that's a crucial that's a, a crucial skill. But but if you don't have that. You know, don't think that that um, you know that you're doomed. Like no, and you're not. To you're going to get better. Everything worth doing is worth doing poorly and awkwardly. And <laughs> I want to say that one more time. Anything, everything worth doing is worth doing poorly and awkwardly. Because if you start poorly and awkwardly, you're going to get better over time, and you're going to do it better, and you're going to present yourself better, and it's going to be worth it. Uh, if it wasn't worth it, then why do it at all? Uh, and right. so, uh, please keep, take that. I I do want to jump into that resume. Uh, that summary section, it's how yep. you're going to communicate with executives. Right. The skills section is how you're going to communicate with your peers and tell me you understand the priorities of this job. Mm. The past job descriptions, that's how you're going to write a status report for me. And if you can write a, a, a prioritized important list of the tasks that you've, you've done at a previous job, 
-hmm. and I know my status reports that I'm going to be reading are going to be reasonable. If you throw a picture or personal information in there, uh, I'm not allowed to look at your resume anymore. What? That, that is one of those boundaries, right? It, do not put your picture on your resume. That is not helpful to me as a hiring manager, and it almost immediately disqualifies you. Can you say why? Uh, it's too much bias. It is, it is the, it puts us in a spot where now I'm accountable for information, uh, in a resume evaluation that I shouldn't be accountable for at that stage Mm -hmm. in the, in the hiring process. So that kind of goes back to this idea that, that, um, hiring is a highly regulated, uh, process and we need to be well-skilled and, and, and we need to be ethical and take our duties, uh, seriously. We do. And, and I would suggest that people carry two resumes. Uh, I would almost suggest you carry a duplication of your resume, one that is a machine-readable, keyword, search-matching, long text, easily pasteable into every one of these individual recruiter machines that every company has out there, uh-huh. and it takes an hour to paste all your stuff into every one of them and answer uh, <laughs> all of the questions that they have. And and so building yourself a, a, uh, a text-formatted resume that has all of the, the search engine optimization in it is beneficial and valuable as long as that is not the one you send me an email, right? The one you send me an email in the human format, right? I'm going to call one the machine format and I'm going to mm-hmm. call one your human format. Okay. And the machine format one can have all your key buzzwords in the right order and, and, and sell yourself to the machine. Then the human format one needs to be the two pages or less. It's the one that we send through email. It's the document or PDF that you upload into the, into the program when it says, do you want to include a resume and cover letter? We didn't talk about cover letter, but uh, I don't spend a lot of time on cover letters. I would say just that that paragraph executive summary at the top is where okay. you're going to be communicating uh, who I am, what I've done, and what I'm looking for. Right. Boy, it almost seems like um, the applicant tracking systems has really shifted the burden a bit to the applicant, right? Because now I've got to have two resumes. I've got to have one for the machine, one for the person. Um I think this two resume thing is a new concept and I don't know that everybody knows that. And so I do want to throw that out there. The facts need to be the same, (laughs) right? You can't have different facts between them, but man, it sure makes it easier if you've got uh, the, the text-based and the, and the PDF version separate so that you can, you can present to different uh, readers in different ways. Uh, But that's that's a very new concept and not always something people do. Yeah. So you're just knowing your audience and you're just trying to be, respectful. Like I have a machine audience and I have a human being audience and I, I want to put the right, the right thing in front of each one of them to optimize for the way that they're going to consume that information. Absolutely. I do. Okay. Got it. Well, uh, gosh, we're coming to the end of the time that we have for this episode. Uh, Wes, this has been fantastic information. A lot of fun sharing. Do you have any final thoughts on the resume? You know, this is this is the time. This is the chance uh, to go take your chances to get out there and put your put your best foot forward. Uh, use your resume to to accomplish those four objectives. Right, kick those doors open with that hiring manager, with the artificial intelligence search machine, and with the uh, with the recruiter. Right, and then understand it's their springboard into the conversation that you're really selling yourself for. Great, thanks, Wes. So as you all know, um, back in April we did a, a beta test version of our masterclass that's called How to Get Your Dream Cybersecurity Job as Told by Hiring Managers. And right now, we're working hard to get the revised uh, masterclass ready for launch. And we're going to be up and running 
by June 1st. And I'm excited about that. And I'm excited to be able to share more about that with you later. But that's enough for this episode. Um, and we hope you come back and join us for the next one. We're going to continue, Wes and I, to unpack uh, resumes and the hiring process. So anyway, until next time, remember, you're just one path away from your dream cybersecurity job.